You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Swing high from ball! Built to right center! And the Braves have won it! There's a new home run champion of all time, and it's Henry Aaron. A walk-off homer from Freeman, and the Braves win it! Welcome, everybody out there in Braves country to the latest edition of Behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mast, Braves digital media content manager, virtually via Zoom alongside Braves alumni director and former Braves World Series champ, Greg McMichael. Uh, Greg, fun guest this week um, with this is a first we've done, you know, obviously every year since we've been doing this show, we've had amazing guests for Black History Month in February and Women's Month in March. We've had some amazing guests. Um, this is our first time for the month of May. It's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, which uh, just to give you, if you're not familiar with it the out there, the background of that is it's a period for the duration of month of May, recognizing the contributions and influence of Asian Americans and Pacific Islander Americans to the history, culture, and achievements of the United States. And so through through Adrian Williams, our, our fantastic uh, diversity director here with the Braves and the good folks with the Gwinnett Stripers, we were able to uh, arrange a uh, interview with uh, Matt Tuiasasopo. You probably remember him from his time as a big league player, played here with the Braves a few years back, um, been in the Braves system for a few years, and now for the last, I guess, three years, He's been a manager in the Braves system, started with the Rome Braves a couple years back, and now he's with the Stripers uh, down in Gwinnett this year. And um, Matt or Tui, as a lot of his friends call him, or a lot of people call him, uh, I know some folks who are friends with him or have worked with him uh, over the last few years, and it's always I've always heard the same thing about him. Never met him before today, but I've always heard the same thing of just like, man, he's such a good dude. He's such mm-hmm. a good guy. Such a nice guy, like, and which, you know what, to be picked to be a manager immediately after um, retiring as a ball player in his 30s, I think uh, that kind of speaks for itself. You, you're only going to want to hire quality people for those roles in your organization mm-hmm. for bringing your young talent along and managing all these different personalities. Um, and, man, uh, everything that I had heard about him was completely true. Um it's fun. I think the whole time he's talking, it's like he has a permanent smile on his face. I can see that. It's nice to see it. Just really good vibes from him. And uh, boy, what a pleasure we had talking with Tui today, huh? Yeah, I, I can see why if I was to pick a manager, you would want somebody like Matt. His temperament is perfect. And he is is very interested in the individuals and trying to relay relate his experiences and uh, as a player, uh, we've been fortunate. He's the second Braves alumni we've had as a manager in Gwinnett. We had uh, Damon Berryhill before him for a couple of years, but I really like Matt's temperament. I think he will do very well there, especially dealing with guys. I mean, like he said, he talks about in the interview just that. You know, these guys were in AAA, but they all want to be in the big leagues. And there's such we start talking about the revolving door a little bit. And uh, it really takes a calming uh, 
uh, you need you need somebody to create a calming effect um, because you know these guys are dealing with a lot of a lot of stress and a lot of moving parts and you've got performance wrapped up in and you need somebody who feels like they're for you and and that they're really trying to walk with you on this this journey as a as a big league player. So I think he's perfect for it, and I can see why Alex uh, likes him and why they hired him and moved him from A ball to AAA right away. Yeah, that's that's somebody I think, and I this is just my personal opinion. I don't know anything more. Am I speaking for anybody other than me? But to me, he's somebody long term that I could see being a big part of what we do up here with the, with the big league ball club. And again, he's, he's, uh, Oh God, he's younger than me. I just realized that. So, okay. Uh, I feel real good about that. But anyways, no, he's, he's got a long career ahead of him as long as he wants to stay in the game. So he's just somebody I hope I, as I, as I said to him in the interview, I think we're very lucky to have him in our organization. And I hope that he's, I hope he kind of ends up like a, like a Brian Snicker where he's somebody that we can have in this organization for a really long time. That's uh, a, it's a special thing when you can you can have that, and that goes beyond sports. I feel like whenever you can have anybody that that just merges or marries together with an organization so well that they they stay together for a long yeah. period of time, that's just it's rarely seen, and it's great to see when it does happen. Yeah, and the tough thing is we've got such a great staff here at the big league level. I don't see there being any changes anytime soon, and it might be hard to keep a guy like Matt because if he if he is having some success and. You know, success at the in the minor league level is really difficult to gauge because you've got your team is never the same. I mean, very rarely, especially at the AAA level, is that team staying together and have the ability to gel to win a lot of ball games um, because they're constantly shuttling back and forth. Whereas I remember, I mean, when I was in AAA, it was very rare for guys just to go up and down and up and down. I mean, you pretty much had your team in AA unless people got hurt. And then September is different because that's typically when guys went up with would be in September. But, um, you know, it has a lot to do with your big league team. If they have success, then um, your AAA team is going to stay intact. But if the big league team's struggling, then it's going to be impossible for you to really do well at the AAA level. So really, I think Matt's um, his success is going to be gauged on how well players respond, how well he is just uh, respected around the league because you know, he's going to get to the point where, I mean, I'm sure his goal is not to stay in AAA for the next 10 years, but at some point he's going to start interviewing for big league jobs. And, um, and that's when it's going to be tough because you're going to lose, you know, good people like that if you don't have openings. So, um, but anyway, it's just good from a, from a personal level and a human level, just to see somebody do well, transition well from one career to the next. And then, and to know that you have a guy like that mentoring your young players down in AAA, I think that's for from an organization, that's all you can ask. I mean, you can't control necessarily the opportunities, but as long as you've got good people that he's mentoring um, that, you know, that you're bringing in the organization to mentor players, that's really all you can ask. Yeah. And he's somebody, if you look at his, his career, I mean, he, he had to fight for every opportunity just to get back to the big leagues and he didn't always get to stay for very long. And so he's somebody that's lived that life of a lot of triple a, you know, bus rides, games, ballparks, and everything that goes along with it. And right. So he knows what that feels like. He's experienced it and to still have that, that kind of calming influence. And well, not even that, just to know and be able to identify with what guys have gone through and, mm-hmm. and kind of like he alludes to in the interview of what Snit does so well is he's, 
never forgotten how hard the game is to play. It almost sounds so simple. Like I know it'll say it all the time. Like this is a really hard game to play. And it's like, well, people might look at that and say, well, yeah, duh. but it's like, I don't know if we really appreciate that because especially as fans, we sit there and it's like, well, why is he struggling so much? What well, just throw strikes or, or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, they they want to, they're trying to, this yeah. is a really, I mean, really it, hard it's game. impossible. Yeah. It's impossible to, and to completely understand what these guys go through and right you know and, and people go back to well you know, I mean you're getting played to play a little league game you know and all that kind of stuff and I don't care what job you do every job has its challenges and ultimately it's a job you know I don't care um, how you attribute it to whether it's a kid's game or or whether it's entertainment business, but ultimately it's still a job. It takes a toll on your body, takes a toll on your family. There's psychological battles, there's physical battles, but it's impossible. Everybody can't you know, experience a job until you do it. And many people just don't get to experience this type of job just because it takes such, by the time you get to the AAA level, um, you know, it's one half of one half, you know, of 1%. And so it's just really hard to explain. And part of being a pro is to make things look easy, you know, and sometimes we make it look harder, right? (laughs) But, uh, but, you know, sometimes it looks, and like golf is like that. I mean, how many of us think that we can play golf just because these guys make it look so easy? But, uh, but it is, I think the hardest part is the things that you don't see. You see the physical toll, you see the, the family being separated and, and um, the bus rides and the five o'clock plane rides and all that kind of stuff. The, those things are, are uh, the difficult part. And, and then just dealing with failure. I mean, all of us deal with failure in different ways. And uh, being a being a professional ball player has a lot to do with how you handle failure and then also how you handle success. I, I experienced both fear of failure and fear of, of success, and they're both very real. And they both have they take different tolls on your body and on your on your performance. So. I think it's great that we have a guy like Matt. Matt seems, like I said, again, I go back to his temperament. I go back to his perspective on life. And um, I like, I like how um, he thinks. And I think he's a, he's in a great spot for us. Absolutely. Thank goodness. We got people like him to manage instead of dummies like me who would be yelling. <laughs> Cause I, even I'm guilty of it. Like I'm just, just throw strikes. Just like see it and hit it. Yeah. See right. It like it's, it's easy. I'm sitting here watching. I saw that other guy do it. Why can't you? Yeah, exactly. So thank goodness. We've got smart people like Matt, uh, that are uh-huh. actually teaching our, our young players how to play the game. Uh, well, without, without, with all that being said, with, with nobody needs to hear my analysis on how hard baseball is anymore. So, uh, here he is. Gwinnett Stripers manager Matt Tuiasasopo. Well, Matt, thanks so much for joining us here on Behind the Braves. Um, you guys just uh, just got into Nashville, one of my favorite towns to uh, to visit, and you're kind enough to run up to the room and join us for a little bit. So we very much appreciate that. Um, wanted to start with um, Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, and we definitely wanted to have you on during this time to kind of talk about that. Um, our, our creative director with the with the Braves, Insung Kim, he just put out these really cool drawings that we put out on uh, on social media with the Braves. I want, and you were one of the drawings featured, and Insung just oh, killed it with those. So we've just been having 
honestly, especially with Insong in the fold, we've been really having a good time, like celebrating and honoring this month. And I just kind of wanted to get from you, what does uh, Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month, what does that mean to you and uh, and your family? So, uh, first off, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I'm uh, very proud to be a, uh, a Samoan uh, Pacific Islander. I'm, I'm half Samoan. Uh, my dad is full. My, my mom is, um, she's half German, half Polish, but they, uh, my grandparents came over from Samoa before my dad was born. Um, and so growing up, um, you know, uh, was, I was one of the only, you know, Pacific Islanders, you know, in my town and, you know, everyone knew our family, obviously, because my dad had played for the Seahawks. And so, um, I was uh, very proud to kind of, uh, represent my, my heritage, you know, with all my friends, you know, by wearing, you know, traditional Samoan, you know, uh, outfits, uh, Ilava Lavas guys used to call them like skirts, but I, I always used to love, um, just showing off my heritage, uh, whether it was music, whether it's our, you know, our culture with the, um, all the art and, and, um, like I said, the attire showing off to all my friends growing up, you know, um, a lot of athletes, you know, that I looked up to, you know, Troy Palomalu's, the junior Seau's, um, you know, obviously, you know, my dad, I, you know, growing up, always just wanted to be like him. And, um, it just, uh, it meant a lot, you know, our culture really stands for family, you know, it stands for community, um, for really, for really, uh, uh, humility and love and I think that's the biggest thing that separated you know uh just growing up like everybody knew that my family was very welcoming and that we loved uh being around each other and um that's kind of how I've tried to continue raising my kids letting them know that family is the most important thing and uh extend that love to people outside of our family too like if you know all of my friends they they, they felt like they were family you know, uh, my grandma, she'd be out um, treating all my friends like they were, you know, uh, her grand grandkids as well. And so the, the big, uh, it's called uh, the Fa'a Samoan, it's the, the Samoan way. And it's really based on, you know, family, community, uh, love, um, and then just, you know, sacrifice and, and discipline and, and, and honor and respect. And so that means a lot to me. I think it's awesome that we um, get to have a month to, you know, celebrate, you know, Asian American and Pacific Islander heritage. I think uh, a lot of the cultures are, are, are all really collectively kind of um, describe, you can describe a lot of those cultures in those, those same words. Mm-hmm. And I think that the world's a better place when we're talking about, you know, coming around each other in community and then in love. And, uh, and so I think it's, uh, it's really special. Amen. I, um, does does your culture kind of extend down into the New Zealand area? Would that be um, very similar? Because my daughter lives down there, and I've gotten into the All Blacks, the the rugby oh, yeah. team, and yeah. man, those guys are sweep, awesome. Sweep the sheds, yep. <laughs> <laughs> man, and when they get in, you know, they do a lot of cultural things with that sport. At least the the New Zealand All Blacks do, and yeah. they, you know, is it the I can't remember exactly what they call it. They have the native dance and the, the, they try to intimidate the, the other team. The Haka. Yeah, the that's Haka, right. Yeah. Man, yeah. they had that all for nothing um, 
documentary on those guys was phenomenal. And mm-hmm. I just, I've, I've learned to really appreciate that culture because it seemed how I many those people are, they're so humble and so nice. And I, I just, my daughter just has fallen in love with New Zealand and, and um, a lot of the, uh, the native native uh, islanders there, and it's just been a really cool experience for her. Yeah. She married a, a Kiwi. He's not yeah. um, he's not a native, you know, New Zealander or anything. But but anyway, I just I just saw that and I thought, well, that's got to be a sim- very similar culture. Is that part of the Samoan culture? So it's part it's part of Polynesia. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah. I think the special thing about the the Polynesian culture. Uh, is again, it's, it's about the community, not so much the individual. Um, but I think that when you do see, you know, some of the guys that come through like the NFL, um, you know, the individual can represent the, the, the huge community and really, you know, shine bright for the for the community, for the family name and, and for the culture and just, you know, make sure that they're representing and honoring, you know, the people that have come before them that they're honoring, you know, their parents and their elders. Um, that's kind of the biggest thing that I learned. Uh, you got to respect your elders, respect the people that come before you, um, and respect, um, show honor and respect to just, the, you know, the family name and, and the culture. And, and it's really all about um, lifting up the communities and not necessarily lifting up yourself. And so when you talk about the humility and, just the humbleness of the Polynesian people um, that's kind of rooted deep within us just to, um, you know, selfless and, and making sure that um, we're seeking, you know, again, uplifting the community. I, I love that you brought up Troy Palomalo because I was thinking about how he was, and I, and I didn't grow up a Steelers fan or anything. He's just one of my all-time favorite players to watch just because, he just he was so interesting to me because he in interviews or anything he comes across just like you and that he's humble, kind, friendly, approachable, just just seeming like like the nicest person on earth. And then you watch him on the field, and it's like there is no there was no more fierce person on that field than he was. And I feel like, especially watching NFL or, or Samoan athletes like that, that seems like a a common thread to me that there is yeah. this humble nature about the community but when you're on that field there's nobody that's a bigger more determined person than that person on the field is that am i right in this i don't i hate to be like, oh, he, typical, he, he, but am i right in that, that no absolutely uh and that, that ties into part of you know having res- again respect you know respecting uh the game you know and that there's a you know I, me and my brothers and sisters we're taught you're going to do something you do it the right way and you, you do it to respect you know the game you do it to respect your teammates and respect your opponents and and that's the only way we know how to compete um and you can you do compete with aggressiveness but you also compete with respect for whatever it is you're doing and respect for the opponent and um there's no other way to compete than to do that to you know how Troy competed, you know, my, my brother was at University of Washington when he was at USC. So they, I got to watch both of them compete against each other. And he's a, yeah, so soft spoken off the field, but he, he was a big hitter on it. And um, <laughs> the way that he went about his business is, is his way of honoring and respecting, again, just our culture and respecting the people that are all involved in, you know, the sport and, and yeah. both teams and, um, it's, again, just ingrained them ingrained in us yeah well matt just with talking with you um 
uh, this is probably no surprise, just the the way you've transitioned from being a major league baseball player to now pursuing a career as a manager. One of the themes that Ricky and I've talked with, because we, we this is, I think, uh, our 86th episode over the last three years, we get to talk to a lot of alumni. We talk to current players. We talk to different people around the game of baseball. One of the things I'm really interested in, probably because it's my job being involved with alumni, is just how do you become, how do you go from a healthy career as a baseball player into a healthy second career and that whole transition process? Because it's everybody, you know, we all have our own issues and it's a little bit more difficult for others. Some it's easy. So um, I just really wanted to kind of dive into that with you um, and how you felt like that your transition has been from a player to now, um, you know, pursuing a managerial career. Was that transition hard for you? You know, how did that come about and how do you feel like that it's gone for you? Um, Yeah, it was, you know, I couldn't get a job in 2018. You know, I kind of saw the writing on the wall that my career was coming to an end and um, I didn't honestly seek a managerial role right out the gates. Um, just in staying in touch with everybody that was here in the organization from when I was in Gwinnett uh, for those two years. Um, you know, stayed friends with a lot of people. Um, I made them aware that, hey, I'm, you know, I'm about to be done, but I, I want to get back in the, you know, I want to stay in the game. You know, I want to, you know, get into, you know, player development and, uh, and so I didn't. I didn't know if it was going to be a hitting coach job, a, a, a fourth coach, you know, positional, you know, role. I really didn't. And I, and I was open to you know anything and everything. Uh, they actually presented um, the role managerial position to me, and as soon as they told me that, I was all for it, and I was on board and, and excited uh, that they would ask me to do that, take on that role. Um, I had a blast in 2019. Um, you know, I, I love uh, coming beside these players. You know, obviously now I'm at a stage where I'm dealing with a lot of older guys, veteran guys, but um, I just love coming around these players, whether they're young or older in their, in their journey and, 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 and helping them, um, you know, deal with the failures that I felt that I struggled with. You know, I didn't handle things as best as I wanted to in my career, and I, and I learned a lot. So anything I can do to come beside these guys and, and help them uh, grow as a, as a player and, more importantly, as a person and, and take all the, the, the good, good and the bad times and, and, and take what I learned and, and just give them a nugget here, a nugget there, and, and really just honestly just show these guys that they got someone that's for them. Uh, I think is a huge thing. Um, I love that the the brave slogan is for the A and, and just that mm-hmm. you know being for somebody, being for something. You know, kind of what that means. And um, you know, when we're playing, uh, we deal with so much you know negativity, so much failure, and we do have support systems. You know, um, some have bigger ones than others, um, but just to be in this position and know that you know these guys have a. You know, a staff that like I'm, I'm for you. I'm here to do anything I can for you. I know that I'm, I'm sure I don't know what, <laughs> what coaches you had in your career, but I, I could tell the managers that I had in my career that were for me and some that really, you know, weren't honestly. And uh, I still am in great relationships with, with, 
you know, a couple of those uh, managers that were that really cared about me as Matt, the person more than Matt, the player. And they had a huge impact on me. So I kind of want to just continue that. And, and, and any way I can impact them, uh, these players that I'm, I'm fortunate to have, um, I enjoy that. So it's going well. I, I love it. Uh, I, we have great staff members in our player development system um, from all levels. I love the guys that I get to work with. Um, I'm learning a lot from them. Um, obviously, making the jump from Rome to Gwinnett. You know, I spent a lot of time in at the AAA level. Most of it was in AL, though. So I only had a couple years of playing in National League, dealing with double switches. But everything's going good so far. <laughs> I haven't made any double switch mistakes yet or anything like that. But um, you know, the game is the game is still the game. You know, you still play the game. You know the same way and I think the biggest thing is just coming beside these guys and every day um, you know being for them I think that's what I love playing for Snit that one year in 2016 before he got the interim job just how positive he was how um, he didn't he, he never forgot how hard this game was so he could come around us you know there in Gwinnett and just you know just uplift us every day make sure that we are in a positive state of mind make sure that we had forgotten about yesterday, that today was a new day to go out and compete. And I just try to take that same attitude. Yeah, I, I feel like, um, and I generally on our show, Greg kind of takes the approach of he's a player, a former player, and I grew up a Braves fan, even though I work for the Braves now. So we kind of, I look at, the, I try to take things from a fan approach. Um, and Greg usually goes with the player approach. And I feel like our fan, fans often when it comes to a manager, we're, where you either like them or you're, you're irritated with somebody they brought in from the bullpen or somebody they started or whatever. But I've one thing I've definitely learned, especially as I've gotten older and just being this close to the game is I feel like managing is so much more about managing people and being there for the guys in the clubhouse every day. I don't know. I don't even know how you put a percentage on it, but I feel like the, the decision as far as in-game stuff, that's obviously that's part of it. But to me, it seems like from the outside looking in, because I've never been in the clubhouse, managing people day to day is the real that to me, that's the heart of the job, is it not? Yeah, it is just understanding that, the, you know, the temperature of the room, you know, there's just the. You know, make sure everyone's rowing the boat in the same direction. You know, we're, we're, we got the same vision going on and we can, we can have different, you know, goals here and there, obviously individually, but as long as they're lined up, you know, collectively as a group and we're rowing the boat the same direction, you know, good things can happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, guys don't want to be in AAA. They want to be in Atlanta. They want to be in the big leagues. So at this level, it's even more so important that, you know, I'm making sure I'm having conversations with players you know, daily, really, just to make sure, hey, you know, everything okay, you know, you got any, you know, any issues, we have talks, you know, whether it's about roles, whether it's about, you know, obviously, you know playing time, trying to get them in, you know, because the rosters this year are, are huge. I mean, I, I have a 33-something, I think it's 33-man roster, which is, wow. it's, it's like winter ball. I'm basically managing like a winter ball roster so we, we kind of been joking about it at all these levels mm -hmm. like because we have to distinguish which 28 that we can keep active and you know yeah, so there's, I was gonna there's say how in the world do you keep those guys fresh yeah so you know just making sure that you know i think communication is huge guys understanding roles guys understanding what's going on and um you know there's no communication you know things always you know <laughs> get sideways so uh yeah relationally that's it, it's huge 
Um, and so, so I got, I, I'm thankful for the staff members I got here. They're, um, they're awesome guys too. And they, they help uh, carry the load with me. Well, uh, I think TJ's there with you, right? So your trainer. Yep. So TJ does uh, fantasy camp with me down okay. in, uh, yeah. in Northport. TJ's awesome. So, uh, He's so awesome. Tell him I said hi, and um, you know we're just oh, he, down the road. If you ever need anything, he's, ha- so. he's happy now because he we were able to get a, a, a assistant in there with him. Oh, to help good. Take care, to help help take care of all these veteran guys that we got here. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'd say so. I, I can't even imagine having to having to deal with just keeping everybody on their game. I mean, I know, of course, back when I was playing, and maybe you experienced this a little bit or not, I'm not sure, but there's so much more of a revolving door for these guys going up and yep. down. Yep. And, I mean, you pitch one game, you're back down, you come up, you pitch another. I mean, it's like – and I'm thinking about the rhythm. I, being a relief pitcher, the rhythm of the game sometimes can be like the non-rhythm. I mean, you know, relief pitching is just – you know, you're, you're doing your routine every day, even though you're not guaranteed to pitch. So the rhythm of it is, is kind of an awkward thing, but I can't imagine then mixing in the fact that you're tra- you're just shuttling between, um, you know, if you pitch three innings, okay, we can't use him tomorrow. So I'm going to send him down and he's going to, you know, get, and then I'll bring him back up. I mean, that's a whole different, um, just a psychological battle that you have to face because it's almost like you're not getting sent down, but you are getting sent down. I mean, I don't know how these guys are dealing with this, but it's got to be really, really tough. Um, so I don't know. And then I, you know, I'm sure you've got to really, you've got to be part uh, Jack Llewellyn, uh, Mr. Psychologist uh, to even more so than it used to be. Right. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, yeah, there, there's I, I got a bunch of text threads on, on my phone about <laughs> yeah. moves that are being made. You know, yeah. it's either I got a position player thread, I got a pitching thread. And unfortunately, you know, that those threads have been pretty active so far this year. But, um, yeah. you know, hopefully that settles down. You know, our big league team, you know, get you know, gets and stays healthy and we can, we can get rocking there. But, yeah, I mean, that's just, you know, it's – part of you know the game now and and um you know we've had a few guys that have been on the shuttle you know down you know back and forth guys have you know they're not having even pitched you know we've that's kind of the battle of where we're at you know also we have to balance kind of you know, we want to go out and win too we want to go out and compete and win but we also got to make sure that we're keeping our guys you know um uh, in line with when you know the big league club might need somebody you know so yeah, just trying to balance all that. It, it can get pretty challenging. Um, but I got a, a great pitching coach in Mike Roth, who's, you know, he, he he's uh, been around the block, you know, and he he knows how to handle, you know, especially like the pitching guys and, and handle them, make sure that, you know, mentally and physically they're staying in in tip top shape and and ready for whenever Atlanta falls. Well, I'll say this. It seems like every day I work in the social media side of things with the Braves, and it seems like every day I open Twitter and I see that Gwinnett scored another 18 <laughs> runs uh, the night before. So it seems like you guys are coming out of the gate pretty hot, which is uh, which is great to see. I uh, I did want to ask you about one one player in particular. Um, yeah. Everybody has just fallen in love. The story of Sean Kazmar and making it back to the big leagues has just been 
I mean, I, that was one of those things I think everybody, whether you're a Braves fan or not, if you're just a baseball fan at all, you just love to see it and you're rooting for it. And um, to me, I'm still hoping he gets a shot where he's back up here and, and hits a homer or a big hit or something because I feel like that's a, a movie that's got to be made at some point. Absolutely. But, uh, so I just wanted to ask, how has that been with him and him getting finally making it back this year uh, to the big leagues? And you were you were a teammate of his as well, right, before manager? Yep. Yeah, we were teammates in uh, the Mets organization, Seattle Mariners organization, and then here. Um, and we were uh, we were both drafted the same year. And so we played against each other or with each other every year until 2018. Wow. So we've, we've known each other for a long time. And uh, I was so, so happy for him, his wife, his boys. Um, I know that that's been kind of his dream for his boys to be able to see him play in the big leagues and Man, what a what an awesome story that that you know that came in you know, fruition, and, and he was able to step on a big league field in a regular season. You know, not a spring training because he's been able to be there in big league camp, but it's a, it's a different thing, you know, in the regular season in the big leagues. And so, um, it's awesome to be uh, with him again. It's it's um, it's not as awkward as I thought it'd be. You know, being a skipper, we we our friendship still, you know, our interaction is still the same. And uh, man, he's just a guy that. You uh, you can't help but you know cheer from every time you know I'm I'm there third baseline every time hoping he's gonna hit home or every at bat because man he's just he's the best man he's you just want him to have so much success and and uh, he's such a pro he's helping out you know Drew Waters and and a couple of our young guys you know our, our young pitchers he's you know he he's literally will do everything he can to uh, help our young prospects. Uh, he didn't get to Atlanta. That's that was kind of one of his also one of his goals because he was here when you know Atlanta started rebuilding. And I remember him having conversations like, "Man, I, I want to see this. I want to see this come, you know, and well, and and see uh, see all these young cats come up and, and reach Atlanta and Atlanta just take off and win all these World Series." Because I've been here from the beginning when we started rebuilding, and and so just for him to be around this long and 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 see Atlanta now have all their success in the big leagues. And, um, I know it means a lot to him, and like I said, I, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm gonna be his brother for life. We, we've shared a lot of tears and, and and happy moments together, and we've grinded through a lot of different seasons together, and and so um, I'm happy that he's still going. That's good. Well, my last question is this: um, before we let you go, so you come from a pretty athletic family. And uh, I, uh, and it seems like you've married into another athletic family. So I've known Micah for a while. Uh, you're you're a part of the Owings family here in Georgia, and then you've uh, your own family. So you guys got a pretty good gene pool going, I would say. Not, not too bad. <laughs> a couple professional athletes. I mean, uh, you know, my I um, yeah I. I um, I love my brother-in-laws. Uh, I love my in-laws. You know, uh, Abby and um, I didn't know that her uh, her brothers had played when we, you know, when we met. Uh, never played against Micah and, and John Mark, um, and so I actually played against Micah uh, before Abby and I had dated. Uh, I think he was on a for one start. He was on a rehab when he was with the Diamondbacks in Tucson. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, man, the Owens family is they're an unbelievable family. They're they're, um, you know, well regarded there in, in the state of Georgia and, and North Georgia. They, they've uh, done a lot of wonderful things there in the community, um, giving back um, to a lot of families. You know, they do a lot with youth baseball. 
um, you know, really from the young age all the way through, you know, 18 year old, you know, travel ball and really just trying to transform the, the youth culture and kind of how, mm-hmm. what it's become. And uh, it's kind of, it's, it's gotten pretty crazy. And so just really trying to uh, teach the game the right way to kids and love on kids um, the right way. Um, you know, I'm thankful that their family, and then, yeah, my family's still on the West Coast. My um, my sister, Leslie, the oldest, she has been at University of Washington for about near 20 years um, as an assistant coach there for the volleyball team. And she's had a lot of success there. Um, my oldest brother, Marcus, is now the uh, offensive coordinator at Rice University. Uh, he finally got an offensive coordinator position. Um, nice. So he's been, yeah, he's been coaching um, through the Pac-12 uh, a couple different spots once he retired from the NFL. And then um, my youngest sister, Ashley, she's a, a high school teacher and, and she's a basketball, uh, varsity uh, softball and basketball coach. And so she's really involved in, in sports still and, and, you know, just loving on some high school kids. And, and my middle brother, Zach, after he was done with um, he did a couple practice um, squad stints with a few NFL teams. And after that, he's been – He's been working there in the Seattle area, so I don't get to see him as much as I would like. But uh, you know, our family still stays close, and we're thankful for technology like this, where we can <laughs> that's know, right see each other and have the the family Zoom calls where the, my parents can see the kids and and all that. And so that's great. Yeah, we love we love sports. We love people, and <laughs> and uh, you know, it's it's fun. That's great. Well, Matt, we don't want to take uh, any more of your time. We very much appreciate it, and I. I think uh, I think Braves fans are going to agree after hearing this. We're we're all lucky to to have you as a part of Braves country and as, as part of our organization. So, I, you guys, keep, I would tell you to wish you good luck. But I again, I see twenty runs, fifteen runs, and all that. So I'm like, I think I think hey. you're good. I think you are going to run away with it this year. So we'll, well, best we'll of luck. We'll, we'll 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 keep taking them. <laughs> as we can get there we go well thanks yeah. so much matt we really appreciate thank it thank you all for having me all right. appreciate it yeah thanks thank matt you. have a good day Our thanks again to Gwinnett Striper's manager and former big leaguer matt tuyasasopo for joining us here on behind the braves uh Hey, you know, if you haven't uh, been out to Cool Ray Field to check out the Stripers, uh, if you're up in that area and the big league clubs out of town, go by there and go, go support the Stripers. It's a fun park and uh, looks like they're going to have a really good team this year. Some exciting prospects. Uh, so, yeah, definitely go check them out. And uh, speaking of things you need to check out, you need to come by Truist Park this weekend for Braves Alumni Weekend. We are... Man, it's it's uh, it's finally here. One of the most exciting times of our calendar every year when you have all the former big leaguers for the Braves come into town. You've got events Friday and Saturday. And then, of course, we're saving the best for last. A live taping of Behind the Braves out at the uh, out on the plaza, the Georgia Power Pavilion out there with Bob Horner. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that. So if you're a Behind the Braves listener, come on out. It's free. Uh, anybody wants to come out and watch us, uh, you know, stumble over our words uh, or watch me stumble through questions. And then hopefully Bob Horner, you know, doesn't walk off stage because he's like, what's this idiot asking me? He'll, he'll set us straight. Yeah, that's right. There you go. Uh, so, yeah, we're looking. Money is saying, 
Ricky. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to say, what was it like to hit four home runs in a game? And that is my only question. Thank you. Uh, no, looking forward to it, man. It's finally here. Uh, are you excited? We've got uh, all the guys coming into town Friday, right? Yeah, real excited. We've got 40 plus guys coming in and uh, looking forward to the parade that we get to do with the fans and introductions. We'll have some uh, some surprise in-game videos and then get to hang out with the guys. We're going to do a little bit different this year. It is only two days, but we seem like we've got a lot more activations that we're going to do on Friday and Saturday. So it's always good. I mean, it's, it's hard to believe two years uh, that we've got to see all the guys together. And I know a lot of uh, old teammates are coming in and guys that we have some first timers coming in, uh, which is great. And then I think just, getting back to the ballpark. A lot of, a lot of the alumni are looking forward just to get back together and seeing a live game. It's been a while. Yeah. It's, um, it's been so great just having people back in the ballpark, uh, fans back in the ballpark and things are, I tell you, things are really, it's like been this gradual process of, okay, one step. And it's like, all right, we're feeling a little more like a little closer to normality. Uh, I'll be honest with you, last night at the ballpark, opening up this current homestand, this is the first time in, uh, well, really since we left the ballpark in October of 2019 that everything finally felt 100% normal to me. Um, So it's been great. So if you haven't made it back out to see us this year, we highly encourage it. A lot of fun stuff going on uh, this weekend. Where Can they they check a schedule of events for uh, for alumni weekend? Where's that at? Yeah. Yeah, it's up on uh, Braves.com, so check out what's going there. You can go to uh, Braves.com slash alumni weekend, I'm not mistaken, or Braves.com slash alumni, and we should have information up there on uh, what's going on, who's coming, who's going to be here, some of the activations we'll have, so it should be. I think there's been some press releases that have gone out as well. Cool. All right, good deal. Well, yeah, come on out to the ballpark this weekend. A lot of fun events going on for the uh, all the great Braves alumni we've got in town on Friday and Saturday. And then come see uh, come see Bubba and Harry on uh, record a live podcast on Sunday with Bob Horner. So, what more? I mean, what more could you want than that? You know, it's going to be beautiful. Weather's going to be nice. Uh, schools yeah. out, all that good stuff. You know, Memorial Day weekend coming up. It's beautiful. It's, it's going to be. It's it's a, it feels very much like uh, we're back this summer. I'll say that it's 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 a great great feeling all around. And uh, there's just nothing nothing feels more like summer to me than a baseball game at the ballpark. So um, and a hot dog. Throw that in there too. Had one last night in the press box. That was part of feeling normal again. So. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, uh, we look forward to seeing as many of you out there this weekend again. Uh, come out to the games, and if you can make it Sunday, come out and see us and come say hi. We'd love to have you out. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. So thanks again to Matt Tuiasasopo for joining us. Uh, for Greg McMichael, I'm Ricky Mast. We will see you next week on Behind the Braves. Hey, Braves country, we just wanted to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe Behind the Braves on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or at braves.com slash Behind the Braves, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you, and we'll see you next time on Behind the Braves.
It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.